Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking about education matters today, and our special guest is Lance Key, the Future Ready Support Specialist in the Future Ready Office at Putnam County School System. And Lance, we're delighted that that you're with us today. I know you and Sam Brooks work really closely together, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but... Welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me today, Mr. Bell. Yes, I've been working there with Sam for uh, for 10 years, Mr. Brooks, and uh, he's gotten the ship and been directing us for uh, in a straight path for a while now. Well, I don't know if everybody would call that a straight path if if Sam's involved in it. He's a great guy and a, and a good friend, and I'm, I'm glad you get to work with him every day. I'm, I'm a little envious of you there. Well, some folks may not and may have not met you, so tell everybody a little bit about your background and where you grew up and how you got to uh, working at Putnam County Schools. Yes, sir. So I'm a Smith County boy, came here from from Carthage, uh, went to elementary, middle school, high school there, and then uh, went to uh, Murfreesboro to a school that we won't talk about today. Uh, well, it's a good school down there, too. That's okay. Yeah, Sam likes to give me a hard time about it. He says it's the... Uh, High school, the uh, college high school of Tennessee, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, high school math teacher uh, taught uh, in uh, Wilson County and taught in uh, in Smith County and at Friendship Christian before I came here. Been in Putnam County for about eleven years. First year taught math, and since then I've worked for the Future Ready Vital Office. Well, that's great. Well, Future Ready is just really um, a forward looking, innovative kind of organization in this in the schools. So that's what we want to talk about today. Tell us a little bit about what Future Ready is, what it does, how it serves the students. Right, and it's changed a little over the years, so I'm going to take you back to about 10 years ago, if that's okay. And uh, Future Ready became about to provide options and programs for our students so they could take online classes in their face-to-face schools. So it, it could be a situation of, you know, especially like at Cookville High School, there's so many IB classes there, there's so many AP classes there. Scheduling sometimes can become difficult. And maybe a student wants to take a class that just didn't fit into their schedule. Well, we were able to offer that to them 10 years ago. So we've been a virtual school really for about 10 years. But we, we acted more as a program, as a support system for all of our other high schools. Because we didn't want to take their best students, their data, all of that. We didn't want to be competing with them. But we wanted to give our students the best opportunity. Um, and that, that started us about 10 years ago. And it sure adds flexibility to the, the options that, that students have. I remember in my high school days in Florida, it was just, you couldn't do everything you wanted to do, and you were crammed into schedules, it seemed, it felt like from the student side. So Future Ready Vital gives you a chance to uh, to add some flexibility to that. It, it does. And, and, you know, I think that uh, the, the foresight of Putnam County School System, the, the Board of Education there, to require every student to take an online class was, you know, and uh, it was genius at that time because n- nobody really saw what online was going to be. But, you know, now you can't apply for a job. You can't go to college or any post-secondary without having an online component to it. So really to set our students up for success later in the future, I felt like that it was key that we had an online class for every kid to take. So Sam, he uh, uh, he started working with the Dave Ramsey Foundation. And I'm sure, uh, you know, the, the local radio here, we carry Dave Ramsey on, uh, on yeah. the show here. Right. And uh, so Sam reached out to uh, the Ramsey group and said, hey, we need an online personal finance class. We know that your curriculum is the best that's out there. We would love to partner with you. 
So uh, the Future Ready Vital Office, Dave Ramsey Foundation, and Florida Virtual School, we all partnered together, and we built a online class using Dave Ramsey's curriculum. And it's, in my opinion, the best in the world, and it's really getting our students prepared financially for what they're going to see in the world. Yeah, if they're going through some Dave Ramsey training, they're they're doing some uh, uh, some special things there. So that's that's a great mindset to start your life with. Right. So so we started that. Uh, that was about eight years ago that we started that, um, and then we started looking at how can we you know continue to help students be prepared for the future. So that's where kind of dual enrollment came into place. So we started uh, working with our local universities, Tennessee Tech. We started working with Ball State. Uh, working with our TCAP programs to provide our students with those post-secondary opportunities live right there in high school. And it's such a great experience. We're going to talk more about dual enrollment and and about some of your, your partners and maybe about your daughter because your daughter had a, had a great experience with, with dual enrollment. So we'll we'll um, talk a little bit about that as we get into into these things. Well, Sam, when uh, originally Sam was going to be here with us today and he he wanted to uh, especially talk about a a new pathway called Ready Graduate. Talk about what's in that program or what that is. Sure. So the the state uh, recognizes you know students that what they consider to be ready graduates. That means they've hit certain benchmarks, certain you know check marks along the way to say, hey, it looks like you've got everything in line to be successful in the future. Uh, so that's why they're called ready graduates. So there's four different ways that a, that a student can can hit those benchmarks. So the first one, uh, and the one that I probably see happen the most, is they have a composite score of a 21 on their ACT. So they've taken the ACT, which is the test that gets them in, you know, gets some scholarships, gets some money in college, and they've got a 21 on that composite. So that's the first way. Uh, the second way is that they can complete four post-secondary opportunities, or we call them EPSOs uh, in, in the county. So they can complete four of those uh, in while they're in high school. The third way is they can complete two post-secondary opportunities and have a 31-plus on the ASVAB test. Okay, so that's the, the test they usually take to get into the military, things like that. And the last is they can complete two uh, early post-secondary opportunities and earn an industry credential. So um, that would be something like a Snap-on Tool certification or a ASE certification like that. So those are the four ways that we can get that. So you can see we're really focusing on not only college but career-ready also. That's the beauty of that is is you've got uh, literally technical path there, uh, a, a way to do things for somebody that's just excited about going to work and having some real credentials to to help with that. And and from that all the way up through the the uh, the college preparation that that the ACT and the others will do too, so that there's something there for anyone that wants to go this route. Exactly, and also military too. So you know, if yeah. you want to go into the military, if you want to, you know, career or college, it's all right there for you. And, and you know, that's something that I've noticed a decline in as skilled workers. Uh, and I, I don't know about you, uh, Mr. Bell, but, you know, I still need somebody to come work on my uh, my heating and air system. I need somebody to align my vehicle. I can't do those things. So those skilled workers, it's important that we have those. Yeah, I agree. And you just can't get the lead times to get them out. If you've got a plumbing problem, you don't want to schedule it for three weeks from now. That's correct. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, those, those skilled and uh, we ought to tell our students there's pretty good pay in some of those jobs. Right. There's some of those guys that are making more than I'm making as an educator yeah. right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, 
So so there's there's good career opportunities and good college opportunities, uh, both coming out of out of Vital and coming out of the Future Ready program. Yes, sir. Well, that's that's super. I'm I'm excited to to learn more about it and to share it with everybody. We want to be sure everybody gets a chance to uh, know how to find out more information about it. So let's just go ahead and do that. If a parent is listening and they as they something triggers. What's their best way for contacting you or contacting Sam and talking more about the program? Sure. So we've we've got our website, which you can get to at vital.pcstn.com, or you can call us at the office at 931-528-2176. And the best time to do this is when students are? Probably when they're in school. We're usually there from 8 to uh, eight to 3, just like a normal school day. Uh, but also, you can leave a message, or on our website, you can find our emails and email us as, as well, and we'll get back to you promptly. And they can start this program as a junior or a sophomore, or when's, would, when's the best time so, to get in? Yeah, so we didn't talk about kind of where we're at now. Um, you know, post-pandemic, the pandemic brought about, you know, some new issues. And with those new issues, it, it brought, you know, a time for us to be able to grow the vital program. Uh, now, remote learning, when, when that was going on, that, that's not the vital school. Um, remote learning is something that the Future Ready Office assisted with, but we were really just trying to provide opportunities to continue to learn. Uh, but it, that really wasn't online learning. So, But because of that and parents and the demand that's out there, we've grown from a program more into a school. So we now have the Future Ready program, which still has vital underneath it, but then we have the vital school. So if a student wants to be co- completely online now, well, that can start it all the way at kindergarten and go all the way through 12th grade. So we have all those options that are there. And the beauty was you guys were ahead of the curve on this. You had, had tested it. You'd been in the program eight or nine years. It, it was still a challenge, but Putnam County was a lot more ready than many counties to uh, transition over during this quarantine that we had to do during the pandemic. Yes, definitely. So we already had our processes and procedures kind of in place. We had some online curriculum, and we'd had some experience with building online curriculum as well uh, to provide those students. We also, one, one good thing that the Future Ready Office does also is we assist with training in ed tech. Uh, so like Google Classroom, Google Docs, Sheets. So we have already provided over 300 trainings across our district. So our teachers, we felt like we're somewhat ready for it. Of course, until you really jump into it, you don't know what you're, you know, what you're getting into. But we felt like we were somewhat prepared for it more than others. And a lot of the teachers at least were familiar with the framework. And, um, boy, today I, I know I was talking to the dean of education out at Tech about future teachers, the ones that are candidates now. And I was saying, and how much are you training them in virtual education? Because it's going to be part of the of our lifetimes from here out. Right. And I think that it has become part of the expectation from our parents and students as well. Um, and if you look even at what the, the textbook companies uh, and our content providers are providing for us now, you'll have maybe a hard book there, but then a lot of their content is online so that students will have access no matter where they're at. And it drives me crazy. I still do research, and I'm used to going to a library, finding the hard copy, you know, looking at it. Now I do it all virtually. And for an old dog, this is a new trick that uh, I don't learn as well as, as my 10-year-old grandson does. 
I understand it, and I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm I actually, even though I work in the online world, there's some things that I prefer to still have a hard copy of. Yeah, me too. Just, just like my notes today. Yeah, me too. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. Uh, we are talking education matters with Lance Key, who's part of the Future Ready program in the Putnam County school system. And Lance, you, you've mentioned a couple things I'm going to come back to and, and talk more about. One is vital itself and the fact that you've you've got a campus, virtual campus, but a campus that reaches out all the way through um, um, from elementary school on up through through high school. And uh, Putnam County didn't have to build a new building for that campus, did they? No, we were in the uh, part of White Plains. Uh, we actually have live teachers that are there, and they teach out live every day. And we have a place they can come to. So uh, ha- we're actually a split campus. Half of our teachers in the White Plains building uh, in the old adult high school, and then half are at Prescott Middle School right now. So... Um, we have held off on that for right now, but there is plans in the future to build us a building because we're so spread out on 111. And it, it'll make sense eventually to do that because you're going to grow in this this program. And for any that don't know, the, the White Plains campus is the old Allgood School, uh, Allgood High School. I do believe that's school. true. I think yeah, it's I don't school. remember. But anyway, up um, on the north side of north side of Allgood. Well, you're... Your daughters had some experience with dual enrollment and with many of the things we're going to talk about. But go back and tell the audience one more time just what vital is. It's virtual. That's that's a key word in it. Um, but talk about what vital was intended to do and how it's grown and what all's there now. Yeah, so, so vital is an, an acronym, first off. So it stands for Virtual Instruction to Accentuate Learning. And that's really the the whole premise behind it, behind it all. So we are virtual, but we're really there to accentuate the learning. We're there to provide these students these opportunities so that they can go deeper into their learning, so they can take control and ownership of their learning. Um, you know, we, we've got students that are in the vital program right now that whose parents are truck drivers, and they're on the road uh, in a truck a lot of times learning. Or they may come from a split family. Uh, we've got one parent may be here, one parent may be in Oklahoma. Uh, and because of that, they're able to share that child better, and we're still able to provide those learning opportunities for them. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about was also Vital has a homeschool inside of it. 
So we've got some parents that, you know, they, they want to have that homeschool opportunity. So we do that through the VITAL program as well. So many different facets that's there. And then as we talked about the dual enrollment side of it, uh, they all work through our labs in, at Cookville High School, Monterey, and at Upperman uh, to do the dual enrollment programs. And the, the homeschool, so the parent gets a lot of assistance from VITAL. In, in what they do. It's it's a partnership between the homeschool and vital, in effect. Yes, sir. And it's so that we can make sure, you know, with, with our homeschools, we want to make sure that the students are still getting access to high-quality curriculum and teaching. Uh, and taking the load off of the parents, really. Uh, and then the parents can can still control some of the things that they're wanting to do. Yeah, and, sure. And I understand it. There There's things that they're wanting to protect or shield their children from. I get that. And, and they're, you know, or they may want you know, they just for religious reasons or other reasons, they may want to homeschool. And that's their right as a parent. But we want to still be able to provide free, uh, high quality curriculum and teaching if, if they choose to go that route. It's a great concept and it's a big support for those uh, those parents that for one reason or another, homeschool is the right, uh, right possibility. Well, uh, you've mentioned dual enrollment, too, and your daughter is a shining example of what dual enrollment can do for a, a uh, student. So talk a little bit about her experience at Upperman and what she's doing now. Sure. So first off, we actually had to go back to Prescott Middle School. So at Prescott, she kind of did like a dual enrollment there. She took, I think, nine high school classes while she was at Prescott Middle School. So, um, you know, all of her tests and her data came in that she was three or four years ahead. Uh, so there was some classes, some math classes, English classes, foreign language, uh, and an art class that she was able to take. And I think she had nine credits when she went into high school at Upperman. Wow. Yeah. wow. So uh, really forward thinking there. Uh, then when she got to Upperman her freshman year, she went ahead and completed all the things she couldn't take with dual enrollment. Uh, and then her sophomore year, she just started taking all the dual enrollment classes she could. So she took four each semester then. And then her junior year, she took four each semester then. Uh, and really, she ran out of classes that she could take at Ball State. Uh, she was going to stay another year and graduate with her class, which would have been this year. Yeah. And um, it was, she was going to have to join and enroll with Tennessee Tech. Uh, and Tennessee Tech said, well, if we do that, it's going to cost you a lot more money. Why don't you just let us go ahead and have her? Her graduate a year early. So I worked with uh, Dr. Baker at Tennessee sure. Tech and uh, Julie Baker, and uh, you know she said if you go ahead and let her have us, let her have, let us have her, we'll be able to give her some scholarships, and it won't cost you anything instead of you having to pay this joint enrollment. So we said, okay, we'll go ahead and graduate a year early. And my daughter Sarah, she was able to graduate a year early with her associate's degree. And now she has enrolled at Tennessee Tech, and she is in the art program there. She loves the art program. She says it's one of the, the best decisions she ever made. That's great. So so Sarah graduated Upperman High School, yes. but accelerated that, graduated a year early, and had a an associate degree from Vol State. Yes, sir. And is now a junior at, at Tennessee Tech. She's a junior at Tennessee Tech. She was the Val Victorian at Upperman. And she already has a minor in mathematics uh, at, at Tennessee Tech. So she's, she's kind of, as I say, she takes after her mom, a uh, sharp kid, but she's left-brained and right-brained, which you don't see that often. But uh, through the, the Future Ready office, she was able to get all these dual enrollments uh, out of the way. And what that, for, for our listeners who may not know, what that means is you're taking college classes 
It's kind of like double dipping. It counts yeah. for your high school class as well. So you get an A in college in that class. You also get that A in high school. So and the, the you know for a student that that's talented, um, it, they run out of things to do in high school in a lot of cases. And I remember that used to create a tremendous burnout among seniors who didn't have any challenge that senior year. Well, now with dual enrollment, they can enroll in a lot of places, and they can get about as much challenge as they they can stand, I think. Right, and I also think that the the dual enrollment system, um, our local universities and and our TCAP program really helps us there because it's also at times it becomes a strain to staff uh, classes that maybe only have 10 or 12 people in them. So I I taught AP Calculus in the the past, and, uh, you know, I might have seven kids a year. And, you know, I could have up to 35 in my class. Right. So I've got 28 kids that's having to be spread out somewhere else. Uh, and it also, I felt like at times could provide a little bit of animosity between you and your other colleagues because you're teaching seven and they're teaching 35. Sure. Uh, so I think with the dual enrollment program, it has helped the the high schools to staff, you know, their, their uh, students into classes more equitably. Yeah, and it's a great thing. And, and again, for our listeners, if you're not familiar with the term AP, uh, that's advanced placement, and and it, it basically is an advanced class that would not be typically available in the high school. That's correct. Yep. So that's great that they have that that kind of um, kind of experience. What does Sarah want to do when she gets uh, gets her degree? I really think that she either wants to be a game maker, so she wants to design video games. Wow. She enjoys playing video games. Or uh, she wants to just be an artist. She wants to, you know, go out and do art and uh, just draw. Well, that's great. And she could do both of those simultaneously. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, man, the video game uh, designers make good money. That is, That can be a really lucrative uh, career for those those folks. So. That's great. Well, she's got a great future ahead of her. Maybe someday we can get you to bring her and the two of you can talk on this program. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be a, be a great experience. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We're talking to Lance Key. And, Lance, we, we were talking about VITAL and about the, the Future Ready program. And uh, I, I wanted to go back to something you mentioned early when you talked about some of the early design stuff you did with it. You mentioned that you partnered with Dave Ramsey, but you also partnered with the Florida Virtual Schools. Tell us a little bit about that that Florida framework. Sure. So Florida Virtual Schools, for, for those of you out there listening that, that may not know about it, they are the probably the, the world's largest virtual school. Uh, Jeb Bush, when he was in office there, he created a statewide virtual school that anybody could partake in. Uh, and when we were looking for a online personal finance class, uh, we knew that Florida Virtual knew how to build classes better than anybody else, mainly because they had been doing it longer than anybody else. So we kind of brought them and Dave Ramsey together, and then along with our influence, we got that class uh, built. And we had used Florida Virtual in the past for our own curriculum for our virtual school, and we still do today for for some of our classes. So for our core classes, our math, our, maths, our Englishes, um, science and social studies, we use the Florida Virtual curriculum from there. Uh, now, we were able to, through our partnership with Florida Virtual, the Future Ready office was able to learn their processes, and now we can go in and build our own curriculum as we need to. We have taken the original Florida Virtual class 
and we have built it out now to meet, meet some industry standards. And we have students that take a industry standard for personal finance now and get that industry standard. So one of the things we we're talking about with um, industry certification, sorry, one of the things that we were talking about earlier with our ready graduates is an industry certification. So this year alone, we've had almost 200 students, and by the end of the year, we'll have over 200 students that has got an industry certification now in personal finance. The Dave Ramsey curriculum was not built uh, to match the industry standard, because if you listen to Dave talk, you should never take out a loan. Your credit score doesn't matter. And, and those things in, in the grand scheme of things is great, but that's not the real world. Uh, you know, I had to take a loan out to build my house not, a few years ago. My credit score definitely mattered when I had to take out that loan. So we had to go in and retool some of those things at the Future Ready office. So we built that curriculum out. And, and our pass rate on that test is pretty high. But we learned all those things from Florida Virtual and now have started implementing it. And it's saving our district money and making our district money because every student who gets that industry certification, the state now with the new TISA model, is going to turn around and pay us for that. That's pretty cool. And having having partners like Ramsey and like for Florida Virtual, you can learn a lot from them, but you also can go beyond them and you can adapt, personalize that system for for Putnam <laughs> County, and that's that's great. Well, there there's just some some great opportunity here. Let's talk a little bit about virtual learning, though, and and uh, we just came through a pandemic and a period where everybody had to go remote for a while and some did well with that and some did not so let's talk about uh, from your perspective what was it that caused the the ones that did well to thrive and then we'll talk a little bit about the other side what are some of the challenges that some people just aren't um, it just doesn't fit them so so first off um, virtual learning and remote learning are two separate things yep um Remote learning came about because we had a pandemic and we were in a panic and something had to happen. So we actually, when, when it started, uh, Mr. Brooks and I, we were meeting every day at the central office and kind of working with uh, Mr. King and his team about how do we roll out this remote learning. And, and I'll say we did our best. Uh, we we quickly got our teachers the things that they needed, uh, whether it was programs, whether it was content. Uh, whether it was our online content, whether it was the content we'd purchased to use in the district at the time. Uh, and then we got our plan rolled out to the students and the parents and all of our stakeholders as quickly as we could. But that being said, uh, first off, our teachers, I, and no fault of theirs, they're not trained to be online Absolutely teachers. right. So I, I don't want to throw any fault on our teachers. Our teachers got online. They worked hard uh, for not being trained to be an online teacher. They did the best they could with what they were given. Uh, second, uh, our students didn't choose to be online students. Uh, there are some students that thrived in it, as you said. Oh, man, they, they liked the freedoms. But uh, I can tell you, Mr. Bell, me being a 13-year-old boy, you give me the freedoms that they had, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would not have done well. Me too. Uh, because if I didn't have somebody standing over me with their thumb on top of me, I would not have done well in that, that situation. Okay, uh, so that kind of brings me back to, you know, what was the difference? One of it has to do with what we call the home coach. Okay, so and this is no fault of any parents out there. Some of our parents had to continue to work during this time, and they weren't there while the learning was going on. So me as a thirteen-year-old boy, if somebody's not standing over me saying, "You've got to log into the session. You've got to do this work," 
I wouldn't have done it. And a lot of the parents didn't have any training in online stuff, too. They didn't know how to log in. Or I get intimidated if I'm looking over the shoulders of my grandkids and they're online. Right. And and also, I probably would have been the one that would have, you know, I, I did that work. It, I don't know why I didn't get turned <laughs> in, you know. So I, I don't put any blame on anybody. Right. I, I feel like that uh, our parents did the best they could. Because we all know that our parents want well for their children, and they did the best they could. Uh, our teachers did the best they could that, that they did, but uh, you know it was just a bad situation. And we did the best that we could to provide learning opportunities for students to keep their learning ongoing. And it really was an interesting uh, dynamic. The teachers were learning new things, the students were learning new things, the parents were learning new things. And the school system was learning new things. It was a totally, not totally unknown. Again, I think Putnam County was ahead of many, but uh, it was a challenge for everybody. And I will tell you, a couple of things that's come out of that, we saw a lot of students that were very successful with it. And, right. and a lot of students loved the flexibility. Uh, so we've got some students that are that are actors. They go to Atlanta, and they, they're in like live TV shows that – uh, that are on NBC and things like that. We've got people that go to TPAC and that work or that are at uh, Cumberland County Playhouse or they're in dance in Nashville. Uh, and they love that flexibility that we're able to provide. And they saw that during the pandemic. And because of that, we have grown as a virtual school. We had to start providing this option. Uh, so I think that's one thing that some of our parents saw was, hey, we can do this. And my students can learn and they can do the things they want to do. Yeah. So yeah. so that has opened up a new world in education for us. And 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 for the student too. And that's uh, that's a really great set of opportunities. Uh we ought to brag on on your partners um I I know it at Tech when we did online early online things I as president I wanted to learn how to how that system worked if I was going to invest a lot of money in it. And luckily we did invest early, but I decided to teach a class. And so I had students pretty much all over the state in in a, uh, an online class that I was in. And I had partners that um, contributed sessions. That some of them were leaders, uh, the CEO of Boeing. He didn't fly in here from Seattle. He, we did it from his office in Seattle, um, MIT, uh, you could pull down other resources. So you have partners, and you, you primarily from dual enrollment and other things, you use the local partners. But in theory, you could you could be reaching out, a student could reach out beyond even what's available here in in the Upper Cumberland. Yes, exactly. So one, one thing that comes to mind is, uh, I used to teach an online class at Prescott. So I had middle schoolers taking, you know, Algebra two geometry that was there. And I would have a team of engineers, because my background is in engineering, I'd have a team of engineers that would come in and would talk to them about different types of engineers every year. So I've got a friend who works for NASA that I went to high school with, and, and he would come and talk to them about some of the things they did at the Space and Rocket Center in, in Atlanta. And then I've got another guy who who works on bridges, and he would send them pictures and talk about, you know, these cracks that, that you see on these bridges don't mean a lot to most people. But to me, I know these are stress fractures, and these are going to be a problem, and I know this has got to get fixed. So we were able to bring people that was in industry 
you know, right into our classrooms. And, you know, at Prescott, they're, they're a STEM school, so we focused, you know, on STEM right. and, and the application of STEM, which really got the kids involved into the learning. And and it's such a, a chance to experience some folks that you might not otherwise get to see. And and it's um, it's learning from a voice of experience. Well, you folks have on your website and on your, your letterhead and everything else I, um, I, a phrase that I think sort of um, is inspiring. Uh, but let's talk about what it means to, to you folks. So you, you've got a phrase, inspire and engage and achieve. Talk about what that means. So, so let's start off with the word inspire. So if we go to, to Webster's here, it's to fill someone with the urge or the ability uh, to fill something, especially to do something creative. So we talk about the word creative. We could go so many different routes there. You know, uh, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, core, core curriculum today or core uh, content. But, you know, that could also be your arts. That could be sure. That could be band. That could be chorus. Uh, so whichever direction, we want to inspire our students to find their niche and, and to go do it. That, that's that's where, where the word inspire comes first. Engage. Engagement, in my opinion, is the most important piece. Until I can engage that 13-year-old boy in the learning, I can sit up here and dance all day and do a song and dance, and it doesn't matter. I agree. So I've got to capture your attention. And, and let's be honest, in today's world with all the media that's out there, it's harder than it's ever been to do before. Okay, So we've got to engage our students. And then last, that achievement. We want our students to achieve. We want them to, you know, gain more than they ever have before. And, you know, that's important for us, too, because, uh, you know, that's what, what we're being graded on now. So you look at the state government, the federal government. We can say we're doing all these programs, we're doing all this, but at the end of the day, it's are we achieving? Are we hitting the benchmarks that we need to hit? So that's what we're really looking at. And we're trying to bring all these pieces together to, to make our – you know, a real or well-rounded child, so that they're successful in the future. Well, that's great, you, Lance. You guys are doing inspiring things in this program, and I appreciate you being with me today and sharing all this good news with with our listening audience. Our guest has been Lance Key, the Future Ready Support Specialist in the Future Ready Program at Putnam County Schools. Lance, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me.